Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Um, any of you ever been to the St. Louis Arch? Do you, do you know the big arch that's, that's on the Mississippi River there in St. Louis? Raise your hand if you've ever driven past it, maybe. Anybody ever driven past it? Anybody ever been up in it? Like, it's, it's actually a really cool experience to go up inside of there. Because once, once you get up there, the vantage point from the different sides, and I, was, I don't like heights, but it's, it's worth it. It's worth going up there and seeing it. You think until they show you the way you have to go up there. Like, if you've not done it, like, when you walk over there, they have these elevators, but because it's an arch, the elevator doesn't just, just shoot straight up. Like, I'm okay with a box sometimes. This isn't a box, it's like crawling in a jelly bean. It's like super weird. And you get inside this little round capsule and there's just five seats and you're kind of in there and your knees have to touch the people that are next to you and you're just, I mean, you're crammed in there and then they close the door and say, have a nice trip. Are you kidding me? And then you go up in this thing. And we were there just a few years ago as a family as we were going through and I remember thinking, I've been up there before, I wanna see that. I wanna go up there and experience that. But if I wanna go up there, <laughs> that means I have to step in here. And I really don't want to do that because I'm not real comfortable with it. It's not something that I like. It's a step I'm not that excited to take. But sometimes in our lives, if you want to get up here, you're going to have to step out there. There's a spiritual principle we're going to look at for the next couple of weeks that I think is really important for some of us to consider. We're calling this series of messages One Small Step because a spiritual experience sometimes requires a physical step. There are times in our lives when we desire something from God, where we want something from Jesus, where we're looking for something from him. And in those moments, we want what's up here, but it may mean that you're gonna have to step out there, that you're physically gonna have to respond in some way if you hope to receive what God has for you in the spiritual and the supernatural. There are times when a spiritual experience requires a physical step. So here's what we're gonna do. Mark chapter five, we're gonna look at one story today. We're gonna take kind of a quick drive-by on it. I wanna make a couple of comments. And then we're gonna spend some time praying together today. And today we're gonna look specifically at the subject or the idea of physical divine healing that God can bring in our lives. So we're gonna start Matthew chapter five, verse 24. Here's the story. A large crowd, remember that because that's important. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, that's Jesus. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. The context of this is really important because what you see happening in the verses before verse 24 and then when you get down in the verses after verse 34 is that Jesus has been approached by a guy named Jairus he has a daughter who is dying, and he comes to Jesus, and he says, come with me right away. My daughter's dying. Jesus didn't have an ambulance, but if he did, you could picture them driving it right now through the streets of Israel. They are barreling from where they were to where this little girl is that's dying. It's an emergency. And in the midst of this emergency, as they're moving, they go through this crowd and as they go through this crowd, there's this woman who was there who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years. This probably isn't the best time for a medical lesson. I'd leave that to a gynecologist or a hematologist. But can you imagine losing blood? 
for a consistent season of 12 years, this woman has had to learn to deal with being consistently anemic and weak. In fact, scripture goes on to say this, Mark chapter five, verse 26, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Mark's not making an anti-doctor statement here. That, that's not his point. And in fact, some people will read it that way. But if you look at the book of Luke and the book of Acts, those were both written by a guy named Luke who we know to be a physician. And even he says in this passage of scripture, no one could heal her, that there was no help for her. And this would leave even larger ramifications. Because of this bleeding issue, according to Old Testament law, she would be consistently unclean. So this affected her family from a ritual, from a spiritual, from, from a, a, a law purification process. Her family was refrained from lying in her bed, from sitting in her seat, or from touching her in any way. She shouldn't touch them, they shouldn't touch her. If they did, that would mean that they would have to purify themselves by bathing and laundering their clothes. And then if they touched her in the morning, they would remain unclean, impure, based on the ritual laws of that time until that evening. Because she had this impurity, it meant that she was not permitted to participate in the religious feast. She couldn't enter the temple precincts and she was excluded from normal social interactions for the period of those 12 years. So if you think about this woman, we focus first on this issue of blood, the bleeding that she has, the physical issue that she has. But do you see that what's going on here has social ramifications? It has cultural ramifications. It has relational ramifications. It has spiritual ramifications. She doesn't just need a physical healing. This is affecting her whole person. And this highlights something for us, that we live in a broken world, not just in a physical sense, but in a total sense, we live in a world that is broken. I think I have a tendency sometimes, you probably do too, I fool myself by thinking that the world is supposed to be perfect and when things aren't perfect, those are the exceptions. When actually we live in a world that we know to be broken and maybe sometimes I should expect the world to be broken because of sin, because of human failings, because this world is passing away. Paul refers to it as, as creation is groaning. The natural state of the world that we live in is that it is a world that is broken. Anybody found that to be true? I mean, that's just the nature of the world we live in. So what we often do then is we often get mad at God. And we often say, well, how could God do this? Or why would a loving God let that happen? When the reality is because of sin, it's not that God is breaking the world, it's the world is already broken. And if you look at scripture, what you'll find is, is the truth is our world is broken because of sin, because of failing, because of what we have done as humanity. But God is not breaking the world, he is healing it. The whole story of this book is how God is taking a broken world and he's healing it. I often wish he'd heal it quicker, anybody? <laughs> but he knows what he's doing. One day it'll all make sense. But this world that seems broken, God is in the process of healing it. He's helping us. So, so let's go back to the story. Mark chapter five, verse 27. It says, when this woman heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, 
If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. What is it that she had heard about Jesus? Well, Matthew tells us about that. Matthew chapter four, verse 23 says that Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed. Read this last part with me. And he, he healed them. He was able to heal them. What this woman heard people telling about others who had interacted with Jesus is the same thing that I hope you'll hear today. Jesus is our healer. Do you believe that? Jesus is our healer. Here's what scripture says. Isaiah chapter 53, verse five. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. That Old Testament prophecy comes into play when we get to Matthew chapter eight. Matthew chapter eight, verse 16. When evening came, Many who were demon-possessed were brought to Jesus, and he drove out the spirits with the word and healed all the sick. Why? This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah out of the same passage we just read. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. Jesus is our healer, and it was promised that he would be in the Old Testament. We see it lived out in the New Testament, and we don't think, sometimes you'll hear different faith traditions say, well, well those kind of things ended when the Bible being written ended. The reality is that as a church, we believe that the things Jesus did in the New Testament, he's still doing today, amen? Like that's huge for us to understand. So sometimes you'll, you'll hear churches put in different categories. And you may hear Calvary put in the category of being a Pentecostal church. You may say, well, what does that mean? And sometimes when you hear that word, you'll go, that means they're freaky. You ever heard that? <laughs> Here's, here's the reality. You, you can take all those different things, but I'll, I'll give it to you in a nutshell. What we believe as a church is that the work the Holy Spirit did that we read about in the scriptures, the Holy Spirit's still doing that work today. And that as a church, we believe that the things Jesus did in the New Testament, he's still doing today. So if, it's, if he was the healer then, is he still the healer today? That's still who he is. Now, I could, I could run my mouth and I could tell you that all day long, but I want you to hear a story of someone who knows Jesus in the last just few weeks as their healer, if you would please turn your attention to the screens. I'm Lisa Meeker, and I've been attending Calvary for um, about four years. I have a very private relationship with God, a very close relationship with God. What brought me here today was definitely God, because he just laid it out step by step. It started on May 27, as far as this particular um, I went to the dermatologist because um, I had a red mark on my nose. It had been there for a long time. So I went and she said, oh, we gotta take a biopsy of that. And I knew going there, and I knew when I saw her face. The report came back and it was cancer. She referred me right to a plastic surgeon. Then I came to church on Sunday, the 13th, and it was Pastor Chad who talked a little bit about his voice. He goes, I, I just want to say a prayer. And, um, and it was a prayer about healing. And he goes, I, he goes, I'm praying for you guys, myself also, but he goes, I also know that there's people out there 
that need healing. And it's like, Lord, you are meeting me again. And um, so I was sitting there and he was praying and I was like, thank you, Lord, for this. And it was, I felt like he was just speaking to me. No, he wasn't, but I felt that. But then the, the thing that happened was my nose started to hurt and I've had no pain, no, no pain. And um, right away I was like, God is healing this. And I knew it. It's just, you know that you know that you know. And then the prayer was over and he's like, you need to write this down now. I'm gonna tell you what I said. So today, Pastor Chad prayed for healing and just made it a special point of speaking healing and prayer of healing. During prayer, my nose had a twinge, a slight sensation and pain, and I believe God healed my skin cells, restored my skin cells. I am healed, praise God. And I'm writing this to document the truth. And on the way home from church, he goes, you, you keep this to yourself but make sure you take this on your surgery day. So then after your surgery, you read this out loud to your husband and to anyone who's there. So I did that. The, my nose was healing like amazingly. And um, so much so that when I went to the surgery day, the surgeon came in and he was like, I don't see it. I was like, I know you don't. <laughs> and he goes, no, I, I don't see it. It took me an hour and five minutes to come out of anesthesiology and wake. When I woke up, I was like, when do I go back? And they's like, you're already done. And I was like, what? And he goes, I got it all in one scoop out. He goes, there was no cancer. This was the best thing I've ever seen. I was like, Don, can I have my book? And then I opened it up and I read it. The other thing um, is like, I felt if if this is if you know this is what I'm doing for you, you live that way. So I didn't take off work Thursday. We were just starting to go back to school and I had it done Wednesday. I didn't take off because if I was gonna believe for healing, your actions have to support that. So I had my follow-up appointment today. He walks into the room and he goes, there is no cancer. You have to be able to see it. And what I mean by that is that I had to see God as a doctor, a healer. And that has been my prayer for over 21 years. I always pray for wisdom on if we ever have to go see a doctor, whether it was for our son, my husband, or myself, um, to show us who that should be and give that doctor wisdom. I said, but God, you are my first choice. And God is God, and I believe he can do whatever he wants to do with miracles, but and, and in working in people's lives. I, ha I had to be able to see that, and I would, that's what I would tell anybody in any aspect of their life. Can we praise God for being our healer? I want to thank Lisa for sharing her story that he is our healing God. Let's jump back to the text. I want to show you something that, that, that showed up here. Mark chapter 5, verse 27 again shows us that it says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Do you notice something there that healing starts with reaching? That at some point, if we, if we need that healing touch in our lives in some way, and I would say not just, not just in a physical sense, 
But if like this woman, you need it in in an emotional sense, a relational sense, a spiritual sense, healing starts with reaching. This is a a truth that we see over and over again in scripture. James chapter two, verse 17, tells us in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. James chapter two, verse 26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Here's how faith works. For faith to be realized, it must be expressed in action. For faith to be realized, at some point, it must be expressed in action. This is the key we see over and over again in the Gospels, that when Jesus interacts with people, most of the time, it's because they reach out towards him or he reaches out towards them. Now, not always. There's some really, truly supernatural things that happen because you know you can't put God in a box, right? (laughs) I mean, it's interesting. We've made these changes down here. It won't be like this every week. We'll have different emphasis and different services, and sometimes we'll use this space in different ways, but to have that flexibility is great to do that because oftentimes we have to take that step to see what Jesus wants to do in our lives. Why? Mark chapter five, verse 29. Let's go to the next part of the story. Immediately, this woman's bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. She was healed. So many times I read these stories, stories that I've known for much of my life, and I forget how miraculous that is. This lady was sick for 12 years, one kind of reaching kind of swipe at Jesus' rope, and she's healed. And it shouldn't have worked that way. You remember the, the story here is that this woman is unclean. Help me out here. So if this woman is unclean, everything she touches becomes unclean, except that's not what happened. <laughs> Instead, what happened is when she reached out with her unclean hand and touched Jesus' robe, His power is so great that her uncleanness went away and instead she was made whole. Jesus is greater than your uncleanness. He has the power to take what is not right in you and make it right. I was walking through the atrium one day a couple weeks ago just during during a work day and as I was passing through, there was a delivery guy that was here. He was interacting with one of our staff members as uh, she, was, she was signing off for the package that had been delivered. And I, I don't know, I walked in late, so I'm not sure how the conversation was going. It was fun, you know, you could tell it was pleasant. And at some point as it was going, I think he was probably asking questions about, boy, I was here when it was a movie theater, but it's really interesting what you people have done in here. We hear that a lot. What have you people done in there, you know, kind of thing. He says, this is really cool. And she said, well, you should come on a Sunday sometime. And he goes, oh, no, 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 you don't want me here. And she's like, well, we want everybody here. He's like, I don't think so. Well, everybody should come meet Jesus. And he basically said, after what I've done, pretty sure Jesus doesn't want me. There are a lot of people who feel that way. When you talk with folks, when you interact with people, maybe some of us in this room, maybe you're watching online right now, and you feel that way. And if you feel that way, this story is such a perfect opportunity for us to see that whatever you think is your uncleanness, Jesus is greater than your uncleanness. Just one touch from him, and your whole life can be changed. Verse 30, at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? That's a crazy question, isn't it? 
because we already said they're in a crowd. These people are bumping up against each other. They're trying to move through. It's an emergency. The disciples are making siren noises as they're going through, right? They're moving through, and Jesus says, who touched my clothes? That's nuts, except he knew that something had happened, that supernaturally, spiritually, powerfully, something had happened. That tells us that God has the power to heal in response to faith. Jesus knew that there was something that had happened in the spiritual. In fact, when Luke tells the story in Luke chapter eight, he says that Jesus said, someone touched me, I know that power has gone out from me. He says, I know something happened. There is power that God has to reach out and touch us and bring healing. That's good news, especially if you are in a place where you need healing today. But it raises an interesting question. If God has power to heal, why does God not always heal? Why, why, and you have to ask these questions on days like this. Why does God not always heal? Why are there times when you hear a story like Lisa's, and then why are there times when you hear a story that's very different and has what appears to us to be a much sadder ending? And it doesn't take this pastor long to look around this room and see some people who I would guess are asking that question. Chad, I believe that he's the healer. I still hold on to that. I just don't know why he didn't when I needed him to. I think whenever I have to wrestle with that, and I do, the word that comes into my mind is that Jesus is our healer, but maybe he hasn't healed you yet. There's a certainty in scripture that he will be our healer. We know that we're broken. We've already looked at that. The broken part shouldn't surprise us. We live in a broken world. And yet sometimes, like in the story we just heard in the gospels, like the story we just heard from Lisa, sometimes he extends this extension of grace where, where he suspends the natural with supernatural for a season and provides this healing to us. In fact, scripture tells us that there will be one day, someday, when there will be a new order of things. Someday we'll get to heaven. And in that place, there will be no death and there will be no sickness and there'll be no sorrow and there'll be no crying and there'll be no pain. That sounds good, doesn't it? Three of us are stoked about heaven. That sounds good, doesn't it? Sorry, Lord, I'll do a better job next week. And, and it's like, like, this is good news, right? He says there'll be none of that because there's a new order and the old order of things will be gone. But we're still living in the old order, aren't we? And so in this old order, there will be times where there is sickness and there is death and there is pain. And in all those moments, it's tough. Here's what I know from scripture, that God has promised to heal you, but he may not have healed you yet. Maybe that healing is coming today. Maybe that healing is coming on a day in the future. Or maybe that healing is coming in an eternal way. When I tell you I wrestle with this, and I've shared this story countless times, but I wrestle with it because 25 years ago after a two-year battle, my dad passed away from cancer. And it's not that we didn't pray. Man, did we pray. And it's not that he didn't believe and love Jesus and reach out in faith. I don't know what more the man could have done. Maybe, maybe we just didn't have faith enough. Maybe that's what it was because that's sure what some people told us. Maybe we just didn't pray the right way 
Or maybe we didn't buy the right all-natural potion from some doctor that we should have. You know all the things that people tell you in those moments because they're so sensitive. You could ask all those questions. But at the end of the day, I got to step back. And can I tell you that I've felt like my pocket's been picked more times than I can mention. I don't know how many times over the years I've thought to myself as I've been privileged to be a part of this church, I wish this church could have known Bob Gilligan. But for some reason in God's sovereignty and in his goodness, the healing he chose for my dad was eternal and not temporary. And I won't know why until I see Jesus face to face. And the reality is when I see him face to face, I might not even care. (laughs) Now here's the deal. I know that for some of you to hear that, it's still really painful. And it still leaves us with a ton of questions and things that we don't understand. But there are moments when we have to just look at what God's word says and believe whether it's temporary or eternal, Jesus, you're my healer. And I put my trust, my confidence in you. Why does this matter? Mark chapter five, verse 31, go back to the story. Jesus' disciples say to him, remember what was his question? Who touched my clothes? And the disciples say, you see the people crowding against you? And yet you can ask, who touched me? They're too polite to say, Jesus, that's a dumb question. But you can tell they're thinking it. Do you see all these people? What do, you, what do you mean you touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. This is a whole sermon in itself that we don't have time to unpack, but here's what I get when I read that. Jesus is looking for those who are reaching out to him. And if you're reaching out to him, even if it feels like no one knows it, he knows it, and he's looking for you. Do you remember that this was an emergency? They're trying to get from point A to point B where this girl is dying and Jesus stops to go, did somebody bump into me? Somebody reaching out for me? Because if you are, I'm looking for you. We live in a crazy, nutty world and some of us feel like we're hitting our limits and we gotta remember that even in those moments when it feels like we're hitting our limits, God has no limits. And in this hectic world we live in, Jesus is looking for you. He's looking for you. He knows you're reaching out to him. Mark chapter five, verse 33. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Isn't it interesting that she went public in this process? That she found herself in a place where she was healed because she took that one small step. So here's the question before we wrap things up and get to, get to a point where we're gonna pray together. You might be asking the question, do I have to step to the front to be healed? But if you're, if you're in the room right now today and you know you, you're starting to feel that little tension in your chest, your heart's starting to pump a little more because you know at some point the guy up front's gonna say, hey, if, you, if you'd like to receive a touch from Jesus, I'm gonna invite you to come forward. You're like, I don't know, do I have to? It's a good question. No, you don't have to. In fact, many of you that are watching online are thinking about jumping in your car right now. You don't have to. (laughs) Do you have to? No, because God can do anything. He can touch us in any way. You can't put him in a box. But there is a principle to keep in mind here. 
that if I'm looking for a blessing from God, it has to have an active component to it. There's something I've got to do. And sometimes it's a public component. A spiritual experience sometimes requires a physical step. If you want to see what's up here, you might have to step out there and do the thing to take the step to show the faith that God has in store for you. So in just a moment, I am gonna invite you that if you're here and you need healing, to come and step here towards the front. Now, if you're watching online and you're, maybe you're listening to this podcast later, if, especially when I'm talking about coming forward, you're going, what do I do? I, I would say, do something. Like if you have to stand up where you are, you, you stand up in that place. If you feel like you need to raise a hand, if you need to say a prayer out loud, if you're with someone, to ask them to, to join their faith with you and pray for that healing together, to find some way to take that step of faith. Why? Because usually what keeps us from taking steps of faith is fear. And when we reach out to Jesus, when we take that small step, we replace our fear with faith. We say, God, I put my trust and my confidence in you. Some of you are, are here today and you may even be asking yourself, you're going, well, this is a throwaway Sunday for me because I don't need healing. So I guess I didn't need this one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that because there's a key principle that we saw here today. Not only that Jesus is our healer, but sometimes if you want to experience what's up here, you might have to take that small step towards him. And the reality is the healing you need might not be physical. It might be emotional or spiritual might not even be for you. Maybe it's a moment where you pray for healing for someone else. Last verse, Mark chapter five, verse 34. I want you to see what happens. Mark chapter five, verse 34. Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Do you see what happened here? She went from outcast to family member. She went from broken to healed. She went from troubled to at peace. She went from in bondage to being freed. She went from her suffering to salvation, all because she was willing to take one small step. A spiritual experience sometimes requires a physical step. So in just a moment, I'm gonna invite you to stand. In fact, I'm gonna ask the, the worship team to come and uh, to help us out if they would, please. And some of our um, pastoral team and some of our deacon board members are gonna come as well. And in just a few moments, we're gonna do exactly what James chapter five teaches us to do. James chapter five tells us, is anyone among you sick? Then let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil. Why anoint with oil? Because it's got secret powers? No, because the oil symbolizes the presence of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. To anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Why do we do this? And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up, and if they've sinned, they will be forgiven. James wraps it up in this way. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So here's what we're gonna do today. It might, it might be a little bit different than maybe some of the things that you've seen either at Calvary or maybe in some other church in the past in a moment like this. For some of you, you've been in, in a million prayer services where people have prayed for healing. For some of you, this might be the very first one and you're, you're wondering, do, do the snakes come out now? Like, no, there's none of that, right? Here's what we're gonna do in just a few moments. We're gonna follow the practice that's there in James chapter five. We're, we're just gonna do what the Bible instructs us to do. Now look, I wanna be mindful. I know people are all over the place on this, but I wanna be mindful that we're still very much in a very real pandemic right now where many people are still struggling and are sick. 
And so can I ask that you just kind of wise in the distance that you keep with other people? Like that's just, that's just wise. And if it doesn't matter to you, it might matter to them. Does that make sense? So help us out with that. And what we're gonna do today for the sake of time and, and, and for what we're doing here is we're really not gonna take a lot of time to, to, to pray specifically or individually. We're, we're gonna let you do that in reaching out to God. So as far as when someone anoints you with oil, it's not necessary that on your phone you open up the portal to your medical provider. We, we don't need a list of medications. Is that cool? <laughs> like all we're doing is asking you to step out in faith. And so when you, when you come to the front, one of our team is just very quickly, very simply, just gonna anoint you with oil. And then I'm gonna invite you to come and find a place to stand somewhere, somewhere kind of down in here. Take that, take that small step. And I'm gonna invite you to come and to stand Pastor Bill is going to be leading us in a song. And as we sing that song together, I hope you'll make it your declaration that Jesus is your healer. And then once everybody's come, that's going to come to be prayed for, then I'm going to lead us in a few moments of prayer together, specifically for healing in that time. So can I ask you to stand with me if you would, please? And if you're here and you would say, Jesus, I need you to be my healer today then as soon as I finish this prayer and say amen, I'm gonna ask you to step out of your seat and come down here towards the front. One of our friends will anoint you with oil and we're gonna pray together for God to bring healing to your body. Father, thank you for this truth from scripture that you are our healer, that you are the one that we look to and that we trust in, that our hope is found only in you. And so, Lord, in these next few moments, we believe that there are supernatural things, spiritual works that you will do in our lives because in this moment, we will look to you and trust you to be our healer. Lord, we put our confidence in you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you need a healing touch from the Lord as we sing this song, would you please come and allow us to pray with you today?
touch from the Lord, would you just begin in your own heart to reach out to him? Jesus, you're all I need. Jesus, I look for that healing touch from you today. Thank you, Lord. Our hope, our confidence, our trust is in you. If you need a touch from him, if you're comfortable, would you just lift your hands to the Lord? Just begin to thank him. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are our healer. We thank you that you're our savior. We thank you that you are the one that we look to for your strength, for your touch, for your help, for your work in our bodies. Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, you know the, the, the reason for every person that stands here today. Lord, you know the reason that every person that's watching online is responding in this moment. God, you know what it is that we need from you. So in Jesus' name, we stand on the promises of your word that tell us in Psalm 103 that you not only forgive all our sins, but you heal all our diseases. We stand on the truth in the book of Isaiah that it's by your stripes that we are healed. Lord, we remember that the Gospels tell us that Jesus went everywhere doing good and healing the sick. And so in Jesus' name, would you heal right now? Lord, would you remove from pain? And God, would you take away things that should not be there? And God, would you remove sickness? And what, what, what seems to be in the process of being destroyed, would you reverse and bring restoration and healing to God, would you touch us? Would you heal us? Jesus, we look to you and trust you to be our healer here today. We put our lives, our bodies, our health, our fears, our anxiety, our concerns. Lord, we take our fear and we replace it with faith. And we put our trust in you as our healer today. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Let me ask this just before we maybe go any further. Maybe you are down here or maybe you're not. Maybe you're watching and you would say, if, if, if Jesus is the healer, it's not me that needs healing today, but I've got somebody, a friend, a family member that's heavy on my heart that I would like to pray for God to heal them. Anybody that you just raise your hand, you, you would almost in this moment just kind of stand it. Remember the story where Jesus heals a guy whose friends bring him? You could be that friend right now. If you'd say that to you, just go ahead and lift a hand. Father, we pray for those that are on our hearts, Lord, that need a healing touch from you. And so, Lord, today we, we put our faith out there to believe that you could heal our spouse or our parent or our friend, our family member, our coworker, our neighbor, that you could bring healing to that person today. So, Jesus, you're, you're not bound by time and space. Lord, would you maybe even catch some people off guard with your healing power today? That you would bring restoration, that you would work miracles. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Father, I, I pray for the one who the healing they need today. God, there's somebody that's watching online or there's somebody that's standing in this room that the healing they need today is not physical. But like the 12 years that, that brought so much pain to the woman in this story, there are people today who need a spiritual healing. They need an emotional healing. 
they need a relational healing, Jesus, you can bring that right now. So Father, in Jesus' name, would you set some people free? Right now, would they sense a sense of your love, of your peace, of your confidence in a way like they've never known before? Jesus, would you be our healer, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, can we give thanks to our healer this morning? Before you go back to your seat, here's just a couple of thoughts. One, for some of us, I really do believe that God maybe did something right now in this moment that you're gonna, you're gonna walk out of this room and go, I, I'm healed, Jesus touched me. That's awesome. Sometimes, and scripture shows us this, sometimes it's a process. Sometimes it's a process of God physically working the healing in our lives. Sometimes it's a process of something else he's working out in our lives, do you know what I mean? And so trust him in the process. And when the enemy begins to tell you, because this is what will happen to some of you as soon as you touch the, the handle on your car door, as soon as you turn this service off, the enemy's gonna tell you, well, that's not real. That's religious hocus pocus. You just remember that Jesus is our healer. He was, he is, and he will be the healer in your life. And when things come and tell you that that's not true, you speak words of truth instead. Does that make sense? So Father, we thank you that you are our healer. Lord, that you are the one who is at work healing us physically, emotionally, spiritually, in every way. God, would you bring healing to those that took that one small step of faith today as we trust in you, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Those of you that are here at the front, I encourage you in your confidence. I affirm you taking that step of faith. Hang on to that. Continue to trust in him. As you return to your seats, Pastor Mendel and the team are gonna continue to lead us in worship before we move on in our service. Let's worship him together and thank him for the healing work he did at the cross for you and I. Let's sing it together. It's the power of the cross. You bore the weight of sin and death. Mended all our brokenness, the greater love is known. You left your throne above, came and paid the ransom mode. On the cross, your mercy flowed. We live to worship you. It's the power of the cross. You pour the weight of sin and death. Spirit. Oh, 
Love is alive.